Hello and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Jamie. My name is Angus. <laughs> and my name is Dan. This is I told Angus you, I told you this new intro sucks. Um, this well-scripted intro is going as well as it did last time. Fantastic stuff. Uh, something a bit different here, shorter pod for you. So our normal pod is going out, what we're going to... Release it in free, aren't we, really? So this one's going to be the game review. So if you're interested in hearing our thoughts from the games from Game 29, this is the one. The next one will be a preview to the very small game week of Game Week 30, where only four games are being played. And then we have got a special episode for this week only. Um, as it's the end of the January transfer window, we're going to review the transfer window, give you our best transfers, well, our opinions anyway. So, yeah. Game week 29, how did it go for you two? Um, so, not too bad. Um, obviously, we don't know how it sort of finally shaped up. Uh, recording just after the uh, games have finished on Wednesday. Um, but I, after auto-subs, I'll have 89 minus 8. Um, at the moment, I'm sitting on a small green arrow... Um, remains to be seen how that's affected by tonight's games, but um, the main sort of scorers for me, Christie 7, Bogle 9, Willock 14, um, Mitrovic as vice-captain 9, and I had Reese captain for 36. That Reese captaincy really did you good, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Really did you good. Dan, how did your week go? Uh, not too bad. Um, I think I'm going to be on 73 minus 4, uh, Everson 7, Christie 7, Bogles Hall, uh, Willock, uh, Vineland 5, uh, Vice Captain Sharp, uh, I Captain Adebayo, no showed both games, so I'm going to get Christie's 7 points doubled and Collins coming off the bench for 3. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll probably be about even. Uh, last two game weeks, I'm still between 300 and 400 rank, rank considering I had no boosts. So I'm quite happy with that. I'm like the Preston of Gaffer at the moment. I just, I'm just going nowhere. I really are. I'm on 69 minus 8. Um, took a punt on Brewster because I wanted him for obviously game week 30 and then game week 32. He obviously went off injured after 20 minutes, so he got me one point. I had him as vice-captain as well. Captain Stolanke, you know, I had Willock, 14 points. Naismith, 16. Bogle, 9. Mitrovic's goal, 6. The rest of them, 2, 3, 1, 2. So not the best. At the moment, I'm 187th. Um, I may go down a bit more after the scores update tonight, so... Not the best. Not in best shape for Game Week 30 either, but we'll talk about that on the next pod. Um, but we'll get straight into the games. Um, start off with Hull 2, Swansea nil. So Hull's good form continues. Um, new ownership. Looks like it's exciting times at Hull, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. New manager in. Um, the Pretty much the only Rangers reference I'll make tonight is former Rangers striker Shota Arvaladze's in... Uh, as manager um, and uh, yeah off to a great start um, remains to be seen obviously they brought in a few players how that affects it but um, looks like they're going to be 
interesting um, for the rest of the way to see how they go. Um, they broke their luck in this one, it must be said. Um, out-possessed, out-shot. Um, but, you know, I think they scored their only two shots on target in the game. Um, but that's what's got them the result in the end. So uh, all credit to them. Dan, do you agree? Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely um, a feel-good factor around Hull at the minute. Uh, like you said, new ownership, new manager. Probably one of the best transfer windows by a championship club. Um, so, yeah, I think no danger of getting getting relegated, probably pushing towards mid-table, probably. Um, yeah, I think going in the right direction. Assets-wise, anybody on your watch list? Um, Honeyman, Lewis Potter, and possibly, depending on how they look, uh, coming up, someone like Fours up top. Yeah, Fours. I'm excited to see what he does. Um, if he gets a consistent run of games up front, which I think he will, um, he could be exciting. And what price has he been put at? Six. Six million. Yeah, six million. Straight in my basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, Hull doing really well at the moment. Surprised me. I think it was the result at uh, Blackburn um, where they really started to kick on, didn't they? Um, but yeah, let's see what they do. Um, next game, Millwall. They managed to beat West Bromwich Albion 2 0. Um, and just to time something like Anchor did say it is Wednesday, 20 past 10. Um, Ismail did get sacked earlier on today. So, good timing for us to talk about, I suppose. Um, it's another poor result for West Brom. 2 um, 0, haven't scored again. So, what are your thoughts around the sacking? Um, apparently, Steve Bruce. Is in advance talks to take over. So, were your thoughts on that? Um, well, I guess that I'll, I'll approach this in three parts. First, the, taking into account the result, I mean, it was it was fairly even, um, and then Millwall had a cut, like got their goals. But that's a problem for West Brom in and of itself. And the problem was they weren't outperforming too many teams in the division. Yes, they were good defensively, but they were increasingly in danger of not even making the playoffs. Um, so I can understand the decision to to get rid of Ishmael. On the other hand, Steve Bruce is not the answer to anything in the year of our Lord 2022. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't get it. He's a, he's a perfectly fine manager and it's probably about stabilizing the club and making sure they, they make the playoffs, but I don't get it. I think he gets (laughs) them in the playoffs. I think he's probably solid enough that he gets them there. But then the problem is assuming they make the playoffs, then if you're generous, assuming they get promoted, then you're stuck in the Premier League with Steve Bruce as your manager. There's the problem, because then they're going to probably come back down again, aren't they? And they're back in the same position. Um, Dan, who would you have gone for if, you know, if Bruce doesn't get a point? Who would you appoint at West Brom? I don't know. I think it's really tricky, because they're in a, like a hard situation, because they've got, they're basically halfway through the first years of parachute payments. And they're only getting two years. 
because they went up and then straight back down. So they they haven't got they've only got two transfer windows left. So I can understand Bruce, but I'm just getting bored of the same managers over and over again. Like there's plenty of managers doing well in the lower leagues, and they're just not really getting uh, given the chance. Um, that being said, I'm I'm not sure who I would have gone with, but I wouldn't have picked Steve Bruce. Um, what I would say is, if you're looking from the outside, it might seem a bit harsh. You'll be like, oh, they're in the playoffs. Why are you sacking the manager? In the last 25 games, they're a mid-table side. Like This isn't like a short-term thing. The form's been mid-table for probably since after the first international break. Um, so, yeah, um, they're a mid-table team. And unless they change something drastically, they're not getting in the playoffs this year. From a gaffer point of view, yeah, we have this discussion quite a lot. You know, a lot of people on Townsend, Furlong at the back. I'm on both of them. Um, yeah, I am too. Some people may have like a Grant or a Robinson. Um, be surprised if they still do. I know we did have a one week punt on Grant, but gaffer wise, do we wait and see? It's, you can't. Like, do you hold your players? What do you do with West Brom? Because they are underwhelming all the time, aren't they? I mean, I took great glee this week in selling Carl and Grant and Arnel Furlong and moving down to one West Brom. Um, that that was worth the minus eight alone, um, just to just to see fewer West Brom shirts in my team. Um, Defence, I think you can still sort of justify. They're, they're still a good defen- team defensively. Attack, I don't see it. Maybe Callum Robinson gets back in the team, and so if you're already on him, um, you would assume that he's he, the obvious move is for him to come back in the team. So maybe that sort of lessens your need to sell. But between, like, you know, Andy Carroll and Carl and Grant and Callum Robinson and Dean Garner, and like the rotation issues might just come back just you know it, under a different manager so I'd probably be looking to move away from the attack now yeah I've, I've got no interest in going anywhere near him unless to start producing something that makes me take notice I just don't see um, how it's worth it it's struggled to have the two defensive players in there so that's not ideal um, should we move on to the next game I just wanted to mention briefly uh, Benikafobe took his goal very well well, um, he's been playing. He's been playing well actually for a while now this season, and um, it's a it's a shame that, particularly with the way the fixtures have fallen and the the sort of runs of form have fallen, that like we haven't really looked at them more. And like you know, he, he was playing well with Bradshaw, but Bradshaw was getting the goals, so we talked about him. But I just thought it was worth mentioning that actually he's he's been playing quite well uh, recently. Took it really well, the way he turned Clark and then good finish as well. That's like the Benica Phoebe that Stoke thought they were signing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, completely good point. Um, next game then, Preston 2, Bristol City 2. So those resoners out there are going to be very happy. I'll be honest, I had no interest. 
my thoughts before the game was that I don't want to bring players in that I won't want after game week 30. Um, so I didn't. And if I'm honest, like a lot of people, I'd probably gone pro at Swansea. So congratulations to you, Angus, and the other um, resoners, you bastards. Um, but your thoughts regarding Preston or Bristol City? Um, yeah, obviously Reese uh, is the main one. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it went really well. I was very close to not buying him. Um, so the fact that I had the added bonus of then captaining him. Um, thank thank you, Nathan Jones, for expressing an element of doubt around Elijah Adebayo. Otherwise, he would have been my captain. So uh, that, that, was, that went very nicely. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, a good result for them in the end. Obviously, the, the second goal, he took very well. Um, I think it was Dean Ashton was talking on Quest. You see so many players snatch at that chance because he had to wait that extra split second for it to get to him. You normally see players snatch at it and scuff it or, you know, send it in the stand or to the corner flag or whatever. Um, And he he took it really well and controlled it as well. Didn't try to smash it, just controlled it into the corner. Um, And he's doing really well. I think he's on, what, 16 goals in all comps this season for them. Um, not a bad return that is it's... He, he's he's done very well um, obviously I, I was looking at him versus Piro and even Solanke um, even accounting for the blank I thought they're playing Barnsley I mean we'll come on to that game later but uh, um, but yeah and just sort of looking at the fixtures that obviously tipped me to them um, also special mention for Josh Earl who managed to come on <laughs> in both games uh, for two one pointers <laughs> um that that was a painful one. <laughs> and Johnson's back for game week first, isn't he? Uh, he should be. Yeah. Uh, the the timeline was that he he'd be back by the weekend. Yeah. I hope he is. Otherwise, I'm going to have no players. So I really do hope that he is back. Um, anything on Bristol City before we move on? Yeah, I'd like to mention Bristol City. Uh, Luton played Bristol City fairly recently, and. Their front three caused quite a lot of problems. Martin, Semenyo and, and Vimans playing in the hole behind them. Um, they're just really attacking. They're having to be attacking because they're letting in two goals per game. Uh, last nine away games, they've conceded two or more goals. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely a team to target your strikers against. But I think we've seen Semenyo like, really improve. Um, the last couple of months and he got a lot of interest I think Forrest were in for him at some point um, in the last couple of days of the transfer window um, so maybe there's options there I've had Byman for a, a few weeks and he's been ticking over quite nicely um, obviously he plays in game week 30 so he'll be staying for that um, then maybe probably get rid of him but yeah Bristol City going forward a good defensively terrible target then. Um, also, also it wasn't a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> just, just thought, just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> like fair, fair play to Semenyo, he tries to be clever, uh, sticking his leg across, sort of in between oh, the yeah, defender's yeah. legs, but it's not a penalty. No, it's not. If you haven't got any, and you're looking to bring a Bristol City player in for game week thirty, out of them three, who would be your first choice? Ooh, that's a tricky one. I'm going to say Semenyo. 
Absolutely. He's playing that well, I'm going to say. He is, yeah, he's playing well. But Feynman, I've said numerous times, can yeah. get double yeah. double attacking returns. So. I'll say Martin, because if I say... He's on pens. Yeah, he'll get injured or something, so go Feynman. <laughs> but I'll say Martin <laughs> to say you go Feynman. Uh, next game then, QPR battered ready 4 now. Um, I thought this was going to end up 7 or 8 at one point and then they slowed down a bit um, Chris Willock is my favourite non-Stoke Championship player I love him he, what a bargain what a bargain and he is some player um, do any of you want to do the honours of talking about Chris Willock or anybody else I'll talk about QPR because I know Angus wants to talk about Reading um, yeah, just w- what you've been saying about um, Willocks. And it's interesting, we all thought maybe they'd struggle with no chair, but it seems like Willocks really stepped up. Um, I think he's got a goal, four or five assists, and where I thought they might drop a few points, they they pretty much won every game apart from the Swansea game. So, yeah, um, chair coming back from AFCON with the goalie as well, Diang, and and then throw in Hendrik, who they've signed, just for more depth. I, I think got a chance of promotion, even though I'm I'm surprised I'm saying that. But also that stats wise, the last few games they've been like outscoring like the data's the other team, whereas before they weren't. So it's all going in the right direction. Your concern with QPR has always been um, conceding goals, and it's um... yeah. Lately, you know, they've tightened up a bit defensively, uh, which is good, and considering the run-on. Um, I, I'm definitely taking credit for QPR cordage in pre-season, so if they go up, I'll be buzzing. Because I did have Swansea as my outsider last year, and they very nearly did it. So QPR are my second team this year. We won't mention your Kiefer Moore top goal scorer pick, though. <laughs> He's gone Bournemouth. There's every chance he can still be top goal scorer now. Angus go on then talk about Radin I'll preface this with I know they've got absences you know we they they haven't though Angus we we know with Reading they've they've had absences you know they've you know you yes they've got fewer but you know the I mean they had more out he's now gone out the door you know they had they they've had the likes of I mean they they were talking on quest about the forwards that have been out that doesn't defend some of the defending that was going on at the weekend. I mean, I love Lyndon Dykes. Everyone knows I love Lyndon Dykes. He didn't have to compete with anyone for either of his goals. Like, the first goal, he had like he he could have like stuck both his arms out and like wouldn't have come close to touching a defender. It it was just absurd. Like he was the one man in the box and he wasn't marked. Like you know. The second goal, uh, you know, he's barely touched. Chris Willock, it's a good goal, but, like, you know, what's going on defensively? And from a corner, Jimmy Dunn has an uncontested header. You let a centre-back get an uncontested header. He was being marked by a QPR player when he headed the ball in. (laughs) Like, I get that, you know, I get that they've had defensive issues. They've had turnover. You know, Moore's been out. Dan's been out. But, you know, they've, they've got... A decent enough defence there at the moment, and some of that at the weekend was embarrassing. I, I feel bad for the fans. I, hmm? I worry for Reading. 
I yeah. think they could over than Barnsley. I think they're the worst team in the league at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel f- I feel for the fans, and I know it's been a shit situation in terms of not really being able to sign players, and hopefully, at least in terms of retaining some of their players, which has obviously been a real issue for them with not be- even being able to give new contracts to players. There's some hope that now that they've got some of those big earners off the books, they might be freed up to at least sign some players to new contracts. Um, which, when you think about some of the players like John Swift being out of contract could make a big difference to them if, if they can convince him somehow to sign on. I was going to say, are these players um, going to sign contracts? But, like I say, I mean, I get that they've had abs- I get that, like, you know, it's all a knock-on effect if you're attacked, if you can't keep the ball up the other end of the pitch, it's going to keep coming back at your defence and everything. But, like I say, th- there's, there's no excuse for some of that defending. Um, I think it's amazing through this period that, like, you know the the manager. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't sort of understand um, what what they're doing. Um, and yeah, they they are like flying towards the relegation zone. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like Especially I say, like, Hall's form has turned around now, when Reading is going in the opposite direction. I do worry for them. I'm just gutted I took the captaincy off Chris Willock. Because all week I had it on him, my plan was I'm going to target Reading, and then I had this great plan of targeting Peterborough with Sheffield United. So Brewster came in, and then I ended up taking another hit to get Solanke in because I wanted to target Barnsley. So um, I told myself out of a good captaincy return there, so that's quite annoying. Um, and talking about targeting Peterborough, they lost two 0 home to Sheffield United. Um, Billy Sharp becoming the championship all-time goal scorer so fair play to Billy Sharp great striker in for all his career really um, and then an own goal so you thought on I'm going to say Peterborough but probably Sheffield United I'll talk a bit about Peterborough um, you've got a soft spot for Peterborough haven't you no I, I just understand like what they're trying to do because they're a similar size club to what Luton are so I can sort of understand it Um I think some of their recruitment has been good. I like Barley Mumba. I like Fuchs, uh, the defensive mid who's come in from Dundee. Um, Morton's not a terrible striker. Um, they signed, was it? I think they Bender in goal. It's yeah. definitely an improvement. But they've lost their best player. Yeah, and, and I know I, I listened to... Uh, Dal uh, McCanty, what he said, and he just said basically he's he was going to start causing troubles. Um, he didn't want a player sulking around the team when you're fighting relegation, which I can understand. Um, so we'll see. Reading are so bad that Peterborough might, they could probably be just a little bit better and they stay up this season, but They've got to stop conceding goals. Um, I think there has been a bright spark in Poku, who's come in. They came in in January, uh, in the summer. Uh, they've given him a bit of time. Um, he's a talented, I think he's 20, 20 year old. Uh, I first saw him a couple of years ago in the playoffs from Colchester when he was 18, and they've taken a punt on him. So, yeah, he's got a lot of talent. So definitely a few bright spots for Peterborough but 
can they can they get over the line? I'm not sure. You think the away form is that bad? I don't think they were that bad against Sheffield United. Like, they, were, they didn't get bashed. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. But they need to start picking up the results at home, don't they? They need to make it a fortress. Um, I can't see it myself. Um, I see what you're saying there with how bad Reading are, Barnsley are, and then obviously Derby's point ducks, and they, they'll probably go more than likely. So they have got an outside chance, but yeah, not for me. Sheffield United, oh. Angus. Um, yeah, I will add, uh, particularly on Dembele, um, I also watched the uh, Dara McAntony video and he all but said that Dembele had made up the foot injury that he's missed the last few games with. Um, they'd sent him for scans and everything and they couldn't find anything wrong with his foot. So, uh, you know, if a player's not going to play for you, yeah, you have to get money yeah, for it and get them out. Um, I will also correct you. Fuchs played for Dundee United, not Dundee. Sorry, sorry. Important <laughs> difference. <laughs> um, yeah, Sheffield United, um, good game for them. Um, Peterborough did make it tough for them. I thought they they actually, you know, this is one of the better performances I'd seen from them in a while. Um, I mean, the, the first, the place to start, I mean, you mentioned Billy Sharp, the place to start for me is Jaden Mogul. I, I thought Jaden Bogle was a class apart in this game. Um, you know, getting forward, getting shots off, um, getting into really good positions, um, taking his opponent, you know, down the line, inside. Um, he's willing to go both ways. Um, you know, bits and pieces of work when required defensively, but I, I thought he did really well. Billy Sharp, obviously, um, breaking the, the championship record. Um Norwood, even someone like Norwood, it's the best I've seen him in the midfield for a while. He's coming for quite a bit of criticism this season, but I thought he he was better in there. Um, Brewster, obviously, really unfortunate. The last game, he'd, he'd looked really good. He, he'd actually made a really bright start to the game, um, and then his hamstring went, and you could see from his reaction, he knew um, that, it, that it wasn't good. Heckingbottom has said it's a potentially serious hamstring injury. Um he was reluctant to put time frame on it. Um, so obviously he's not going to be back imminently. He, it didn't sound like, oh, he's done for the season or anything, but um, it, it's impossible to say for certain at the moment. But obviously that's unfortunate for him. Um, but I think they're really coming together defensively as well. Um, I think that the more that defence sort of has been playing together, um, yeah, and, and since Heckingbottom came in and got them sort of playing together, um, it has looked much better. Um, they've obviously got... Um, I mean, Basham was getting back forward. They've obviously got Davis to come back into the team. Um, Egan they looking back in the middle of it. They signed Charlie Good as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so if, if you're looking at, you know, the potential rotation options there as well, they're not going to drop off as as much when players are missing. Um so they're, they're, they're a threat for the, the playoffs, I would say. Yeah, I think make the most of watching Jaden Berg on the championship because he won't be here next year. He is, some, he is really good, he is. And like, lately he has been really, really good. Yeah. Uh, the game at the weekend, I was looking at the phone and looked up and he was going on this run down the right and loads of step overs and that. And for a second, I thought he was in die on the ball and then I realised... Nice bogle. 
yeah, I like some of that idea from an attacking fullback. Um, but next game then, Derby two, Birmingham two. Um, Bellick's back. <laughs> nice return as well. You couldn't write that, could you? But good result, but obviously Derby have followed it up with a defeat tonight, so that's not ideal. Um, but they've got character, this Derby team. I've had you can't write them off, can you? No, you can't. But I, I am starting to worry a little bit. Just I'm, and people will say that Shinny wasn't in the squad, but a Bulldog wasn't in the squad, things like that. But they're still their squad depth, and they did lose them. Um, they also lost Jaggy Elka, who was their starting centre back. We've seen tonight Stearman's just got sent off. So, God knows who they're going to be playing centre-back. Um, and they're starting to concede goals now. We saw a, a Reading a 2-2 game. We saw Birmingham 2-2. They cut, they're not going to keep scoring two goals. So, they've got to start getting back to what has, what has done them well all season. That's clean sheet. And then win it with a bit of magic from top, uh, Lawrence or Kazim Richards or someone like that. Um, but you can't deny their fight. Um, and with how bad Reading and Peterborough are, they've got a chance. So, yeah. I was more optimistic a couple of weeks ago than I am now. Um, you made very good points there, Dan. The players that they've lost, like Jackie Alka, him and Davies were immense, really. Um, especially for their ages, you wouldn't believe how old they actually are. But like, say, who's going to play centre back next game? It's yeah, I, my optimism's gone. I think they're gone. They're going down, unfortunately. It'd been a fairy tale. Would love to have seen them stay up. It would have been a fairy tale. But with that squad depth, and you know how tough it gets during the running in the championship. I, no, I can't see myself. You, Angus. Um, I I don't see it. I want to see it. Um, obviously, you know, lovely moment for Christian Bielik, uh coming back in, and you know what, Fiddy. Um, worth saying. I'm I'm not going to subscribe to the high foot argument because I hate it when it's like, oh, no one can go for an overhead kick because your foot's around someone's head. There was an offside in the build-up, but um, there was also a shot saved with a Birmingham defender's hand before that. So you know. Uh, sort of swings and roundabouts in terms of the justice there. Um, I also think part of me was wondering with Derby where they've sort of been pulling off these results because they had nothing to lose and whether it almost became a bit real for them, the chance, and so, and that's part of where it's come from as well, that all of a sudden it was like, oh, we, we almost have got something to lose. It's sort yeah. of almost within reach now and it, um, whether that's been a bit of an issue, but... No, I mean, all credit to them. They've kept battling away, um, but I think they're they're going to run out of steam now, unfortunately. Um, so now the the focus really turns to just hoping that someone gets in there and ensures that the sort of future of the club is secured. Um, but on the on the other side, I guess we should talk about Birmingham as well. Um, you know, they they did get a point out of this game. Um, they sort of just around at the moment um obviously big for for lyle taylor get, after coming in on loan sort of what was it seven minutes into his into his debut um reuniting with lee Boya, um gets a goal um so that 
that could potentially be big for them just to make sure they don't get dragged into it at the bottom. I don't think they will, but so just to make sure um, because they, they have been sort of slipping away and all it would have taken for was for one of those teams to go on a run um, and they could get dragged back into it. But I think they're going to have enough to, to not worry about that now. I forgot while Taylor played from Bowie at Charlton. Didn't even think of it. I don't know how that didn't even cross my mind, you know. Um, I, I thought he was really good at Charlton. I, I remember they battered us um, in our first away game a couple of years ago, and he was immense. Um, so it'd be nice to see him go there, score some goals, just to make him an option in the game. Um, that'd be interesting. Um, anything to add, Dan? Yeah, just that they did change the diamond. Uh, they had uh, Bakunu's come in behind Hogan and Taylor up front, so just a bit more. They just offered a bit more going forward. They were a bit more fluid, in, interchangeable. So, yeah, I liked what I saw going forward for Birmingham. Well, Cardiff got a big win um, on the Sunday. It beat Forest two one. Um, quite surprised. Forest been on a good run themselves. Um, Hugh Gill's gone there and. Got a goal. You could, you just knew it was going to happen, didn't you? Um, your thoughts on this? Because I think it's a big win for Car- um, Cardiff because I was starting to worry about them as well. And then if you take this result away, then I know Kiefer Moore hasn't done anything this season, but he's still pivotal, um, a key member of their squad. I I did start to worry, but this is a good win. And then obviously they followed that up tonight with a uh, win over Barnsley which wasn't convincing from what I've heard. I haven't seen it, but it's still six points on the board. And just... Yeah. Um, you know, we we never doubted Jordan Hugel for a second. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I think they, you know, they've, they've done well, I think, actually, to bring in Hugel and then obviously Ikpiezu, who's got the goal tonight, um, to make up for losing Kiefer Moore. Um, you know, he's been in and out of the team this season as well, which hasn't helped them. Um so, you know, and they've brought in extra bits of, I think, Premier League quality um, with the likes of Drama and Tommy Doyle and that sort of thing, which will help them as well. Um, Sunday was the be- comfortably the best I've seen them play in a long time as well. Um, actually, sort of, there have been times where they've looked to get on the front foot but haven't managed it, where in this game they actually did manage to get on the front foot, um, which I also think sort of affected Forest. Yes, they had more of the ball, but I don't think they were quite expecting sort of Cardiff to come at them in the way they did. Um, but yeah, all, all credit to Cardiff. Like They they, they needed uh, a couple of results at some point with the way they were getting dragged down there. And um, they've got them in the space of, what, four days. So, you know, all credit to them. Don't think it's panic stations at Forest, does it? I think it's just no. it's one of them games. They've been good recently. Um, I finally managed to get rid of Lewis grabbing out my team. He's been there for ages, but I haven't been able to get rid of him because how games have fouled. And to be fair to him, he's ticked over well for me, um, so I can't really complain. Um, Brennan Johnson um, owners will be disappointed, but he's got, you know, he's got enough points over the last few weeks so um, we can let him off but I think don't worry about Forest I think they'll be fine they're definitely going to be in contention for one of those playoff places aren't they? I did did want to mention about Forest that they seem to not know whether they want to play three or four at the back Um, and they keep 
they've had they had to change during the derby game because they were getting dominated in the derby game and they've obviously had to change during the cardiff game as well so i don't know if they just need to stick with a formation or i know they've they've signed or they were trying to sign us well they did sign a center back Pan, uh what's his name can't remember panzo yeah because uh, at times they were having to play Ryan Yates centre back, which isn't ideal. So, yeah, I think um, part of that was I think ideally Cooper wants to play the three, but I think looking at the way they adjusted in one or two of the games, I think playing Yates in there was almost a safeguard if they had to change the system. They had someone there to just step into midfield, um, but I think particularly with the centre back reinforcement, because obviously Worrell's out. I, th- I think we will see sort of the three at the back, but maybe better equipped to man the midfield now as well. Yeah, it looks like uh, Graben's injured now because they signed uh, Super San Surridge uh, from Stoke, <laughs> who we all know what's going to happen here, Jamie. You can see when, it. When the Forest play Stoke? When, when the yeah. Forest play Stoke? Saturday. And it's I'm going to be there as well. And you it know, Frenchy Adam is going to be yeah. straight on it if he does. Um, he'll he'll be kicked out of that gaffer group. I know that. If Surrey scores, um, he will be kicked out of that. Um, yeah, I look forward to that. Um, last set of games, and um, we'll run through these quickly. Um, Friday night, Huddersfield um, 1, Stoke 1. I think the main talking point from this one's the referee. And he, he's had a shocker, hasn't he? he you know what it's like when you're in a way and you can't really see, you're behind a goal. I mean, the Karoma challenge was in the half by me, but it's still, it's in real time. You just think, oh, that looked bad, but you can't quite tell. Saw the replays, Jesus Christ. The penalty shot on Campbell's a disgrace as well. He's clearly got yeah. there. I don't know he hasn't given that. But I thought, first off, Huddersfield, um, other than them two decisions, did deserve the lead. I thought they kept the shape well. Um, I was quite impressed with them. Second half, um, we absolutely battered them. So, um, the influence Nick Powell has on the team when he plays is massive. You, he just struts around and everyone just like just levels up um, around him. Baker's a great sign. I wasn't too sure about him when we signed him, but he allows now to Joe Allen to do all the dirty stuff off the ball. And he dictates a tempo from the middle, which I really like. Was um, Baker captain as well? Yeah, yeah, he was captain, yeah. Yeah, which, I was surprised with that. Um, yeah, so was I, to be fair. Um, I was <laughs> expecting that. Um, James Chester didn't obviously play, so um, a bit of a different <laughs> formation. Um, yeah, really positive from Stoke's second half. Still don't think there's assets there yet. Um, Smith hasn't. Well, Smith got dropped again for Wilmot. Again, for a centre-back. Um, Wilmot. <laughs> Dan, I think you put it in the group, actually. Yeah. And, um, a quick look at his standing uh, in the stand about uh, pray for Wilmot or something. It it was painful to watch him sometimes um, getting run out by Kroma. But going forward, he looked better than Tommy Smith going forward. I loved the little chop-in onto his left foot that he did. Um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> fair play to him. But um, Powell is back now. I think the reason him back in, I think we can't afford to rush him back in. Um, we've obviously got Wigan in the cup um, this weekend, so he might get some minutes there and then back in for Forest. Um, 
Josh Marge has obviously signed on loan now, so I don't know how quickly he goes straight into the team. But um, Jacob Brown, he's the man you want up front uh, for Stoke. Campbell, uh, no, we won't talk about Tyrus Campbell. Um, anything to add on Huddersfield or Stoke? Not really, no. No. Huddersfield no. solid. Um, yeah. You know, you can look at them for options. I mean, we keep Lord. saying Toffolo. Um, and I'd, I'd keep looking at Toffolo. Um, Holmes as well. I think he's he's bagged again tonight. Um, I think he's he's out of position midfielder, I want to say. So um, I'd look at him as well. What, Holmes? Uh, Dwayne hey, sorry, Holmes. Sorry, Just because you just said that. Sorry. Ward, sorry. Um, I think Holmes plays when he's available is the big thing. Um, and he's he's a midfielder. 4.8. Yeah, my um, bad. I didn't mean to say Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I, I got carried away. Um, no, Ward, Daniel Ward, sorry. He's looking, he looked good against Stoke. Obviously, he scored the actual at the game before. So, yeah. it kind of looks like you're chasing points. But I thought he looked decent as well. And he's playing just off the striker. So, he could be. Yeah, I mean, he's not the worst shout. Yeah. Um, Barnsley. Got beat 1-0 at home to Bournemouth. I thought this was going to be a massacre. Um, bought Slanky in for an extra hit and put the captaincy on him. Got an assist from it. Billion obviously got the goal. Uh, just wasn't one of them days, was it? Uh, Dan, do you want to talk about Brad Collins on the goal? Yeah. <laughs> I think we all know that Brad Collins has, has uh, been comfortably Barnsley's best player but what he's doing for this goal I'll never know and the best bit is when he's trying to come back into the goal he sort of just flies and he just gets nowhere near it but yeah we'll let, we'll let Collins I don't want to say too much because we play them next so I don't, don't want him to jinx it and he has like a worldie against us but yeah oh he did um, against us when we drew yeah. him he had his best game of his career against us yeah uh, and Bournemouth, they've been put. Obviously, I saw Bournemouth uh, when Luton beat them, and for about three quarters of the game, they didn't look interested. And obviously, when they turn it on, they can turn it on. But yeah, I was going to ask I, I about that, Dan, because obviously we know they've been poor recently, but then they've just brought about five thousand players in on deadline day. Um, some top players, really. Um, How that? Jamal Lowe, I think you put on. He must be thinking, how am I going to get a game here at the moment? He was struggling to get a game. He's not even going to get on the bench. Exactly. But do the Kiefer Moore, is he there as backup for Solanke when it's not going there well and they pump the ball into the box? Or do they change formation and play two up front? Where does Cantwell come in? Dembele? They've got some players there, haven't they? So you can't write them off for top two, I don't think. Um, what do we think with Bournemouth like going forward? Well, it's, a, it's a wait and see, isn't it? Now, yeah, I mean, I don't think they'll change the system in part because Parker has Parker has actually said, um, I think it was before the Barnsley game that he wasn't going to change his style and his philosophy and whatever. So, like anyone who thinks that they're going to get going to go to two up top and Moore's going to be starting up top with Solanke, I don't see it. Um, unfortunately, um, does Woodman go and goal, Angus? 
I would have to assume so because I don't understand why they'd get him in on loan if he's if he's not going in. in he'd want assurances. He's not when he could sit yeah. on the bench at, at Newcastle, or he's not going to sit at the bench at Bournemouth, is he? But in terms of nailed players, well, who you think would be nailed? Are we talking Kelly, Kyle, Kelly, Billy, no, Cahill. Cahill's not nailed. Well, he's suspended, isn't he? Um, but... No, he won't be. He won't be nailed now. Do you not think? I, I would I would assume that Phillips is coming in for him. Yeah. Oh. Kelly's captain. Kelly's captain. Yeah, I think Kale and Kelly would have been nailed myself. Folks go in there if they play back three. Billion and Solanke, I think, would be nailed. But I'd be I'm quite surprised you said that because I like Kale. I think it's been great this year. Zamora um, might be nailed. Yeah. Right backs because obviously we forgot about Ethan Lad, didn't we? They signed earlier on in the. And he can, he, he can play right back or left back, man. So that's Zamora not nailed then now. Yeah, um, I think will be. Cantwell, I would guess, because I think you only make a move like that for someone like that if they're going to play. Billy might drop deeper now, though. That's the problem. Yeah, because then what? what get yeah, Christie in and things like that. Pearson will rotate. Yeah. God, it's going to be. I think I'm going to be put off Bournemouth now. Other than, I'll keep faith with Slanky because I've just got him. Um, we'll see how long that lasts for. But it's it's the fact now that you know seventy minutes they can take him off now, whereas they never used to. Or if they did, it'd be like eightieth minute. Yeah, true. Then they're going to take him off now. And um, what we have said about Slanky is. He's not really explosive, but he gets a goal and assist, and you know he's going to play eighty to ninety minutes. Well, yeah. that's not guaranteed now. Yeah, I mean, I still th- I think Keith Moore is coming in to be a true backup, so I think yeah. I don't think Solanke's under that much threat. Um, he's still the main man for them, um, so I wouldn't be worried from that perspective. But he's probably the only one I would go for at this point until we see more. But it's just in like a three-game week. Like Solanke can play two, and they can have more play the other one, and that that's that's a disaster now. Possibly, yeah. um, I, I still think Solanke will play the majority of them. I so. do. Yeah, he will. Yeah, yeah, he will. But it we've we've seen like for Jack Stacey with uh, Smith earlier on in the season that the other fullback would get the midweek game and. The other one would get the two Saturday games, so I think it's just going to be a nightmare. Right, let's move on then. Um, three more games in the weekend. Um, Fulham won, Blackpool won, uh, Mitrovic obviously scoring again, who else? Um, but Blackpool, you know, two, four points, yeah, they, they beat them, didn't they, your team? Yeah. Four yeah. points off them this season, fair play to them. Um, your thoughts on these two? Not not too much, just obviously with Fulham, Mitro and Wilson were back and they should have won the game, like if you, the amount of chances they had. I didn't have Mitro or Wilson, so I was quite, looking at the highlights, I was quite relieved with with just one Mitro goal, but um, yeah, nothing to worry about with Fulham. And for Blackpool, just that bowler state, after a lot of interest, he's, he's their best player, so yeah. Um, I also think if Wilson had scored that lob, that would have been goal of the season. Oh, God. That was disgusting, the way he killed his dad, and then 
even attempted then off balance. That would have been class. Yeah. Um, Carvalho's obviously um, hitting form again. Um, obviously, tour, well, the move fell through to Liverpool because Fulham didn't do the paperwork in time, apparently. No, it was um, they were insistent on the loan back. Oh, okay. Um, and there were basically timing issues around that. They were insistent on that being part of the deal. Um, so he'll go um, in the summer then on a free transfer and then they'll just get compensation, won't they? Yeah. Um, they've, prob- they've probably done themselves out of the money there, but um, that they would have had him for the rest of the season either way. Um, but uh, now it'll be sort of he'll, he'll have his choice of clubs in the summer. Yeah. And make the most of watching him then for the next next couple of months because he is um, and I guess on a on a slightly more sort of sombre note it is worth yeah. sort of just saying um sort of our, our thoughts go out to the the, the loved ones of uh, Paul Parrish um the uh the the Fulham fan who who passed away um obviously there was a, a lengthy stoppage um and sadly he did sort of pass away so obviously um our thoughts go out to sort of his loved ones and everything uh there yeah Obviously not nice at all. Um, you can't really say anything to that kind. It's just not a nice thing at all. Um, Luton, Dan, you'd have been at the game now and now, Blackburn. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on Luton or, and Blackburn? Yeah, um, not much in it. Two two sides that are top 10. Um, both didn't, ha- didn't have their main strikers, so it was probably not surprising it was nil nil Luton were probably the better side um, missed a couple of chances first half Jerome hit the post um, Blackburn had a couple of injuries though during the game that they ended up with Daniel Ayala up front so that they had a lot of injuries so they were quite happy with a point I think we were quite happy with a point so yeah okay and that's basically it and obviously <laughs> not- shout, out to, shout out to Joe Rothwell uh, tried to engineer a move away and didn't get signed. <laughs> yeah, um, I wouldn't like being going back into the dressing room. Uh, Apparently, he did though. Did you have you seen what um, Mowbray Mowbray done an interview? No. Saying mo- Monday morning, Rothwell knocked on his door at eight a.m. and said, um, "Yeah, while, while I'm at Blackburn, I'm going to do my best." So he's back in training. <laughs> wow. Um, Last, he's a last, good player though yeah yeah he, well underrated yeah he is he's really good against us I'd take him but um, Doughty moved to Stoke now Blackburn are doing um, pretty well for themselves last game from the weekend Middlesbrough beat Coventry 1-0 um, good result for Middlesbrough um, I was really impressed I went Coventry away last week on the midweek game um, defensively their shape is really really good Um they were a lot different when Callum O'Hare came on. Um, a lot more creative then. Um, they run the channels really well. Um, Jock Rez finally scored a goal against, of course, it was against us. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a good result for Middlesbrough. Yeah, I mean, Coventry were the better team, um, largely. Uh, Middlesbrough sort of hung in there um, and managed to nick a goal. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's tough for them uh, in this game. I thought, you know, like I said, I thought Coventry did well. They they sort of really got into their rhythm early, um, and sort of you know they can be they can be really good when they when they're sort of in in rhythm as well. Um, 
I would also just like to to note that Middlesbrough scored two minutes after Aaron Connolly left the pitch. <laughs> Your new Dennis Adoy, Angus. I look forward uh, to it. Yeah. Um, Dennis Adoy has now left the league, which leaves me sort of free and clear to <laughs> point out Aaron Connolly's shortcomings. So, uh, the Aaron Connolly segment each week on the podcast. <laughs> we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm just being especially nice to Coventry because um, I think I'm their new favourite person at the moment. I just one little tweet about um, their fans because their fans are class in the corner. I, I did find myself watching them quite a lot through the game. Um, and shitloads of Coventry fans followers um, that day, 500 retweets, um, likes, sorry, and all that. I was like living the dream. I felt like a celebrity from Coventry. Um, makes up for getting that parking fine that I got parking near the ground <laughs> went in a permit out, um, permit area so that wasn't the brightest thing I've ever done um, but the um, games from midweek then uh, we won't go through these because we spoke about the teams anyway so Mayowall drew 0-0 with Preston um, Luton beat Swansea away 1-0 Huddersfield beat Derby 2-0 tonight and Cardiff beat Barnsley away 1-0 so that concludes the Game Week 29 review. Thank you very much uh, for staying with us. I know I did say it would be a 30-minute pod. It's now about 55 minutes, but we haven't podded in a while. We had a lot to talk about, so <laughs> apologies for that. Um, but, yeah, we'll end it there. Um, do give us a like, subscribe, share, or whatever you do on social media and all that kind of stuff. Um, we will be back with the Game Week 30 preview, um, which we're going to record in a minute, actually, but that will be released later. And then we will have our transfer special. So thank you again for listening and see you next time. I like how you two just wave. I was waiting for you to say bye before I cut it off. <laughs>